This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Vidmer here, along with the Mark Weber. Dub them ease. Or should I say... The birthday boy, Mark Weber. What what is this now? Sixteen for you? Yeah, Turned just about 16, sixteen. Well, just about sixteen plus eleven. Sixteen today, as this goes up, you're still fifteen for recording this podcast. Yeah. Or are you as old as the number on your jersey, and you're turning ten? Yeah, ten. <laughs> turning ten years old, Mark. Ten today. plus seventeen. It's Mark's birthday. Hey, I'm uh, Trubisky plus Alshon Jeffrey. God rest his heart. Oh, you are. 10 plus 17. That's good. Heart I, is a weird way to say it. God rest his soul. I totally forgot that Alshon Jeffrey uh-huh. was 17. You would no, forget because he's not a bear. No one took his number, correct, on the Bears mm. for this past year? Did did one of the wide receivers sure take his number? I don't think anyone this of is, any relevance took it, at least. This is a job for you guys. Let us know who took 17 this past year for the Bears. But wish Mark a happy birthday as this will go up. On his birthday, we got a jam-packed show for you, though, birthday boy. Talking Marcus Peters. Actually, wait, golden birthday, too. Ooh, that's right. I keep forgetting about that. Is it that big of a deal, though? No. When I was young, I really thought that when I turned 27 for my golden Mm -hmm. birthday, I would get myself a car. I didn't realize (laughs) that I would need a car before I was 27. You want to know what brings it full circle, though? You want to know when my golden birthday was? It's early. 2007. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you know... What happened the day of my birthday party that year? Because we celebrated it late. left? No, no, your team lost. Oh, okay. <laughs> the Super Bowl okay. party of Colts Bears. I that was my gold. That was my golden birthday. Well, was uh, 2007. Nice. So this yeah. is where you guys come in. Let, wish Mark happy birthday down below. This segment's not over, but wish Mark a happy birthday down below. And like I was going to say, we got a jam-packed show for your birthday, man. We're talking mm-hmm. Marcus Peters. Chiefs making another trade. L.A. Rams saying, hey, we need a corner. Let's bring in Marcus Peters. We're going to talk about that one. We're going to talk about Blake Bortles and his extension and whether the Jaguars are making a mistake or not by extending Blake Bortles. Then we're going to dive into the draft. You guys liked our topic last week, talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I believe we're going now one pick down the order. And we're talking about the Chicago Bears today with who they should take with the eighth overall pick in the NFL draft. Before we get started, though, make sure to check out patreon.com backslash most podcast. That's how you fund this and let us do the cool stuff for you guys. Everything down below in the description. The store is down there. You can get your MVP t-shirt that Sean was wearing on the fast break this week. Mostvalidepodcast.com. Go ahead, bookmark that. That's where everything's going to be. And last but not least, go on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever you use, and give us a five-star rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. It would mean the world to us. But, Mark, let's dive into this one. And also, I forgot to say, you are also fighting through the elements today. Yep, as you yep. were, you're like, my throat feels a little scratchy. Maybe I should call in to save Ricky. And then you said... Nah, fuck that. I'm coming in. Yeah. I'm talking football, bearing it, because that's what an athlete would bearing do. down. We live in Chicago. We yeah. Michael Jordan this. You, yep. you have the flu? It don't matter. We do a podcast. That's what we do. We play basketball. But we're talking Marcus Peters. We're talking the L.A. Rams and the Chiefs in this deal. Just to get it out of the way, Chiefs receive a 2018 fourth-round pick, 2019 second-round pick, the Rams obviously get Marcus Peters. They also get a sixth-round pick this year. I want to ask you, first off, what does this mean for the Kansas City Chiefs? 
Whereas they've already shipped out Alex Smith. It is the Patrick Mahomes era in KC. Now they're shipping out another big player, this time on the defense. Part of me just kind of looks at it, and I, I wonder. I'm like, is this a reset? Mm-hmm. Are the Chiefs trying to reset right now? Uh, but then I'm also thinking they still have a lot of good pieces, though. Mm-hmm. You know, There's still a lot, to, especially on the offensive side, there's still a lot that's there for this team. Uh, and... They believe in Mahomes, so when Alex Smith was gone, I didn't quite say, you know, sky is falling, everything's going down, we're we're hitting zero here. Uh, no, I think that Marcus Peters, I mean, part of the trade is to acquire some picks after having lost some picks for Mahomes. Uh, but to me, really, Marcus Peters is just the example of the Chiefs saying, we didn't like this guy's attitude, we don't like the things that he did, and we're shipping him off. We don't care how good you are. Mm-hmm. We are saying no tolerance to this because they weren't going to just cut him. Uh, We're saying no thank you. You can go your own way. Well, and the thing that I look at, and obviously one of the guys is he had an agreement today, Vonta Davis, who was one of the cornerbacks that was on this free agent market. He says he's going to the Bills. They have an agreement for a one-year deal. Part of me when this trade happened, I was sitting there thinking, all right, Are the Chiefs, because of those issues that you just said, is this the Chiefs basically saying, hey, we can hang on to this guy for, I think it was next year, he's got a club option, which I don't know if the Rams have already denied that or not, but could be a free agent after this year if we deny the extension already or the option already, and we can go grab a guy like if a Malcolm Butler hits free agency, if a, at the time, Vonta Davis, who, like I said, is going to be a Buffalo Bill. If a guy like Kyle Fuller doesn't re-sign with the Chicago Bears, because there is that concern also. There's Morris Claiborne. There's guys like, I would say, Prince of Makamura if they want to bring him in. Although, I mean, I don't know what the Bears would do with him as he was the number four corner for the Bears this year. Was that also a part of it where it's like, hey, let's look at the free agents here. Brent Grimes, the guy we talked about last week with the Buccaneer topic, was this also somewhere it's like, hey, we can hang on to Peters because he's good, but the free agent market for cornerbacks isn't that bad this year. So let's get two picks, even though it's a sixth and a what? A, no, a fourth and a second, and let's go and find another veteran in free agency this year. Yeah, I mean, part of me is going to sit there and say that the the options that are available, that certainly is useful. Mm-hmm. You know, that certainly is going to help. Uh, the other part of me sits there and says, I don't know if they cared. I mean, I honestly do mm-hmm. believe. Uh, that Marcus Peters, when he ejected himself from, from the a game. football game, uh, you know, after the throwing the flag, I still love that. Yeah. Throws the flag into the crowd, uh, and then says, "I'm out. Bye, guys. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the rest of your season." Um, I think that moment right there. I think the people in that organization knew you're gone. Mm-hmm. You're not coming back next year. Where it's like, we need to make a change whether you think we do or not. We're going to make this change. You ejected yourself from the game. You ejected yourself from the team. Well, and the thing I also think about was my fir- my second thought after free agency mm-hmm. was, all right, who are they going to then take in the draft? Like, who are they going to target? Thing is, if you think about it, they don't have a first-round pick this year. Yep. And, I mean— to me, I look at it now, and with this trade, how much will that play? Like, obviously, I want to say you make that trade in a heartbeat. Obviously, if you don't make that trade last year, that doesn't set up the Alex Smith trade because you never get 
Patrick Mahomes, whether or not you think he would have fell to the Chiefs or not. You never get your guy, Patrick Mahomes, where you did last year. But you got to look at it and go, like, I look at your mock draft, for instance. Who did you have the Bills go with with that Chief pick? Josh Jackson, a cornerback. There's guys like Mike Hughes that could be around there. There's guys like Isaiah Oliver that could be down there. There are corners late in that draft to take. Obviously, they don't have that route. Now they have to wait. If they want to go corner with their first pick, unless they're trading up into the first round because it's always a option to go, you're going to have to wait until the end of the second round to make your first pick if you're like, hey, you know what, we're not being – we're not making moves. We're just going to acquire extra picks like the six rounder we got this year. Yeah, and and that's going to be one of the hard things for them. And they could do that. They could trade away some more uh, pieces and mm-hmm. say, "Hey, we got to get some youth on the team." Uh, if they feel like the window is shut or the window is closing, they might feel like they want to do that. Now, I don't necessarily know because in that case, Marcus Peters still had plenty of youth. You still mm-hmm. are going to get a lot out of him for sure. Uh, and that's why part of me thinks, you know, I, I don't want to read into too much and just I really think it was all behavior. I think they just didn't like the way he he showed himself on the field. Andy Reid's kind of a, a little bit of a no-nonsense kind of guy. And they already got rid of the quarterback to go with Mahomes. Now it's just kind of a, eh, let's get rid of this guy too. Moving over to the Rams now. First question I have about them, because this is the first question I thought about, mm-hmm. was you now have Marcus Peters on your team. So right now, if the depth chart stayed the same, your number one and number two corners will be um, Webster, and then you'll also have Peters. What does this mean? My first question that I thought of, what does this mean for Tremaine Johnson? 28 years old, free agent this year. This was a guy that with the Rams, he would travel with the number one receiver at times with the Rams won most of those one more of those battles than he lost and he can travel in both man and zone coverage. My first thought was, all right, is this trade the Rams basically saying, is it them saying, hey, you know what? We're oh, like we're okay with losing Johnson, but we're still going to try to bring him back or is this them saying, now nah, we're going to let him walk. We'll let him walk get his money. We don't care. I don't necessarily know that they're gonna just not do anything and say you gotta try a twenty eight year old corner. Like, yeah, you gotta try to get him back. Yeah, I think they're gonna do something. Uh, and great scenario if they can just enjoy having three quality corners. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, I think it's just kind of a we know we're probably not gonna get you. Mm-hmm. So we upgraded, and we're okay with losing you now. Mm-hmm. We'll give it a shot. But we're okay with losing you. Well, and I mean, let's be completely honest. The other corners that I mentioned, like, even if a guy like, I'll mention him again, Prince of Makamura, if the Bears don't re-sign him, mm-hmm. that's a guy where, all right, we lost we lost Johnson. We've got Peters and Webster as our one, two. Let's throw a contract a one-year or two-year at a Makamura, who is also 28, but he was the fourth corner for the Bears. So a guy that isn't going to get to me huge number one, number two cornerback like money because of what he did in that other team. The other thing that I think about is is this, and this the Johnson thing plays into this, is the Rams, does this make them competitive? Like, yes, they're competitors. They went to the playoffs this year, Sean McVay's first year. 
But does this trade push them over the edge? And what I'm thinking is, right now, unless they re-sign Johnson, this is almost like, I mean, give or take if you think Peters is better than Johnson, but unless they get Johnson back, I kind of almost feel like this is almost a lateral move on the defense, where it's like, you lose one guy, you bring another guy in, but... It would be better if you had three guys. You're adding Peters to that Webster and Johnson mm-hmm. cornerback scenario to make that defense even better rather than, to me, it stays stagnant if they lose Johnson. I don't to know that agency. I would say it, it's a lateral move, but it's certainly only a slight upgrade. Uh, barely bumps that needle? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't want to use the word barely. I feel like that's insulting mm-hmm. to Marcus Peters. Uh, but, I mean, you're not getting... It's not like you're going from an absolute scrub mm-hmm. to the best corner in the league. And that's what I'm saying. Like it's to me, I'm not and this is for Rams fans out there too, not knocking Marcus Peters, trying to play up Tremaine Johnson that he's not just some scrub that's like, ah, we don't we don't yeah. need him. He he didn't do anything for us. Like that's mm-hmm. where I feel like the needle goes up, but it's like instead of like vroom and there and it goes. And the flip side of it too is we gotta see uh the the attitude part of it mm-hmm. too. I mean, how he checks in with the team. Yeah, and is he gonna, you know, is he gonna come in with some locker room issues where some people mm-hmm. on the Rams are gonna say we don't want that punk here, mm-hmm. or is it gonna be a flip side where he brings a nice attitude to the team mm-hmm. uh, and onto that defense because defense is a position where you want to have some attitude without a doubt. Uh, I think a nice thing that he brings. I mean, this guy is gonna be the kind of guy who can, uh, you know, you're gonna expect him to come in and get some turnovers. The team uh, for the Rams. I think they're, yeah, I just looked it up uh, a moment ago. Mark Barron, a linebacker, being the interception leader at three. Mm-hmm. You're not, you want more than that, and you want more out of your corners for that. A thing I think is important for the Rams is when you look at them last year, the highest scoring team on offense, mm-hmm. and they didn't let too many teams score on them. I mean, they weren't amazing letting nobody score on them. Uh, but they only gave up 20 points a season. Well, that's this is kind of I would hope that Marcus Peters is going to shut that down a little bit more, even if it's not bringing you to the uh, the team that lets nobody score on you. Mm-hmm. But you just let less points. You can continue being good because we have to be honest here. Sean McVay's offense was amazing. Mm-hmm. Jared Goff came out and surprised the world. Uh I don't think we can expect that again. I don't think we can expect them to almost score 30 points a game one more time. Well, and the offense is going to be a little bit different next year only because their offensive coordinator is now in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Like he moved over, or the quarterback coach, I want to say, is now over in Tennessee. One of their guys, quarterback coach or offensive coordinator, is now the offensive coordinator in Tennessee. So they lose him. And I look at last year's losses compared to the wins for the Rams. Every single loss, including the playoffs, came against teams that uh, I'm going to throw put one of them over to the side, and that's the Seahawks, only because the Rams usually split that every year. Usually, usually more than not, the Rams steal the first one, Seahawks take the second. This year it was the opposite. Seahawks took the first one, the Rams took the second um, in Seattle. But I look at the rest of them. They lose a seven-point game to Washington. A quarterback like Kirk Cousins, pretty good quarterback. Someone who's about to go get paid. The Vikings. Yeah, we only had Case Keenum this year, but that was that was also a game where, yeah, you only gave up 24 points, but our defense shut you down. 
seven points in that game. That one's kind of maybe the asterisk. Then you got Philadelphia, who at the time, that was the game that Carson Wentz got injured in. He got injured in that game. But that was a shootout. Yeah, that was a big shootout. And one of the reasons was that offense for Philadelphia was really good. And then your last loss, the one of the main reasons why part of me goes, hey, you know what? This is another thing that plays into this. The Jimmy Garoppolo led 49ers. Like, and that's what I think of. The Cardinal the Rams don't have to worry about the Cardinals next year. They don't have to worry about the Seahawks because, like I said, the Seahawks and the Rams usually split. The team that's the wild card for the Rams is how are the Niners going to be next season with Jimmy Garoppolo? Because we saw it last year. The 21st, yeah, that was a really close game. I believe it was, what, Brian Hoyer? Was he the starter for that game? That Thursday night game where they threw it on the last play in the end zone. Rams end up winning 41-39. to Then you go and get Jimmy Garoppolo, New Year's Eve. Rams lose that game. So that, to me, is the team that the Rams are going to be heavily... Yeah, the Seahawks are in there. I'm not pushing them to the side. But the Niners are the team that the Rams have to win both games against next year. They have to win those games. And Jimmy Garoppolo, he tips the scale to say, oh, man, we could lose to that team twice next season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you got the offense part. You need the defense. And, and I said it last podcast, too, last mm-hmm. week. Teams are going back to defense. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like everybody just completely went away. They were still good defenses. But you look at all the teams that were uh, – not all of them, but most of the teams that were in the playoffs, especially late, had quality defense. Mm-hmm. And as you get further and further into the playoffs, it was more quality defense. The team, a team like the Rams, is saying we got a good offense. We need to improve that defense. You know, we need to be that total package. And that's what uh, something like Marcus Peters can do for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, great quality that you're getting, and for a bit of a steal. I mean, you know, sure, you, you not, it's not like it's a huge long-term contract that you have, mm-hmm. but at the very least, you're the first team that gets to try it. Well, and here's a thing that I want to throw out there, the schedule for next year for the Rams, because I'm looking through, of course, we don't know order or we know order, we don't know order, but we know where the games are going to play. That's where I'm thinking about saying, but I look at the teams, Arizona, I could see the Rams winning both of those games again, because I see the Cardinals getting a rookie quarterback, and it's a rookie quarterback. You play the Packers. The Packers, Aaron Rodgers can beat you if you are if you don't have, like if you lose Johnson and didn't get Peters, Aaron Rodgers beats you. Patrick Mahomes in Mexico City could be could be a loss if you don't have that corners for Mahomes. However, but we'll he's say, the, Peters did say that Mahomes is going to throw him the ball. True, that is right, and that's the that's the thing where there's an asterisk next to that one because what do we really know about Mahomes rather than that one game in Week 17 that we saw him play? Philip Rivers, another quality quarterback. They can play Minnesota, who we don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Could be Kirk Cousins if it is. There's another quality quarterback. You get Wentz again next season. You get Jimmy Garoppolo twice next season. You get Russell Wilson twice. You get the guy whose jersey you're wearing, the Trubiscuit. You get whoever's going to be the quarterback in Denver. You win that game right now. Drew Brees, yeah, you beat him last year, but it was only by six points, and Drew Brees could come back and beat you. You get Derek Carr, who could have a better season next year. The Rams needed to make this trade. 
That's basically the point I'm making. They needed to because they could not afford with the quarterbacks that they're going to see next year or could see next year in the case of like the Vikings and if uh, Derek Carr has a resurgence to what he was the year before, before this past season, they needed. Oh, and I forgot Matthew Stafford. They also play the Lions. They needed to make this trade because if they lost Johnson and didn't get Peters, that's a hole in their cornerbacks that they would need to fill. And I don't think they beat those quarterbacks if they don't fill that hole. Yeah, it's going to be tough. That's for sure. I mean, the the way you're going to peak quarterbacks is either locking down the receivers mm-hmm. or with a great pass rush. Yep. Uh, and the Rams do have a good pass rush. They they had a really good overall defense last yeah. year. So I I mean, this is only going to certainly help to to shore up everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really, honestly, when you just take a look at this deal, the Rams are saying, "Hey, we are here. We are competitors." We only have a few things we need to do, so we're going to go out and we're going to do what we need to do right mm-hmm. now, so that way we can win now. Uh, I mean, you look at the Eagles, I don't think there were, besides Eagles fans, mm-hmm. there were not that many people expecting the Eagles to go out and win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But they made the moves in the offseason that they needed to do to make themselves Super Bowl contenders. I did not see the Eagles as 13-3 and this year. I could have seen that, I believe one of us, I can't remember who, one of us had them in the playoffs. Because I remember putting their logo. I think it was me in the playoffs. I want to say it was because you. because I was down on. I didn't have the Cowboys. Because I the think I had the Bucks in the playoffs. That was the team I think I had in there. Um, but here's the last thing I want to ask you before we move on into Blake Bortles. Mm-hmm. Start with whichever division you want: AFC, sure. NFC. What is this trade going to mean for the Wests this year? Both of these teams finish top of the division. Yeah. Where do they finish this year? Because of this trade. The Chiefs also has an asterisk because the Alex Smith trade does play into it as well. For sure. I kind of feel, I'm going to start with the NFC. I kind of feel like the Rams, I do expect them to take a step back. Mm -hmm. Uh, But at the same time, there's going to be a lot of talk about Jimmy Garoppolo this offseason. That's the battle. I don't think that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to suddenly take the San Francisco 49ers to 16-0. Super Bowl dark horse. I just need to, (laughs) all right, Uh, (laughs) I just need to go ahead and... See what the rest of the offseason mm-hmm. looks like for the 49ers because there are still holes on that team that need to be filled. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people now have some tape to watch on Jimmy Garoppolo. He basically doubled his his, his sample size uh, for you. So it's going to be a really tough battle. Those are the two teams. The Seahawks, you can't completely count them out, uh, but more as a wild card. Mm-hmm. The edge for me leans towards the uh, towards the Rams. But the 49ers aren't that far behind. On the AFC side, I have no clue who's going to win this division next year. I do not have a clue. Uh, you know, I want it to be the Chargers because I always want it to be the Chargers. I want them to be good. I want Phillip Rivers to get a ring one day. Derek Carr expected a lot more out of him than we got last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that team itself was not too great, but they probably should take a step forward. The Chiefs. I would expect to take a step backwards as a young quarterback learns and figures things out. He's going to have, he's not a rookie, but he's going to have some rookie like moments Mm -hmm. out there for sure. And then the Denver Broncos are just that huge mystery of who's their quarterback. You know, if they can figure out a quarterback situation, then I would probably lean towards the Denver Broncos being the division winner at the moment. Uh, But there's a lot of times. You miss on a different team that's probably going to win the division in the AFC. 
There's another team that I think will win the division next year. The AFC West? In the AFC West. Because I said all four teams. Which so. which team do you think I'm talking about? We're going to play this game. If I'm going to guess if I'm going to guess for you, because I know you love mm-hmm. the Raiders, yep. so I'm going to say the Raiders. Bolt up. The Chargers. Oh, the Chargers. I, this that's, my, that's usually who I like to pick. Right now. Well, my question mark is John Gruden. What's he going to do with the team? That's why I'm not picking the Raiders. I'll start with the AFC West. I think that this this trade, Alex Smith trade, the Chiefs could take a step back. And when I take say step back, all right, you're eight and eight, nine and seven instead of ten and six, or right there at ten and six. I think the Chargers are gonna be better this year. I know we have free agency, I know we have the draft for these teams to get better. I just have an inkling that because of these two moves, Alex Smith, Marcus mm-hmm. Peters, Chiefs take a minor step back, Chargers take a minor step forward. They switch. I always they expect the Chargers to be good, so expect yourself to get disappointed now, next year. Now, if Kirk Cousins signs with the Broncos, that throws a whole wrench into the situation, and the Broncos could be, you're right, the division winners if they get Kirk, uh, if they get Kirk Cousins. Here's the thing I want to say about the NFC West. It's going to be a two-dog race for me with an outside third who will be there because of their resume, and that's the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks will be the th- second or third team Depending yeah, how respect. depending how the second team in this goes, I think that the NFC West this year will be a race between the Rams and the 49ers. The reason I say that is Rams and 49ers similar schedules because they're in the same in the same division. They'll play the same divisional opponents. They'll play the NFC North, which I mean, it's the same. Like yeah, you're getting Green Bay, you're getting the Lions and the Vikings, which are tough. You're getting the Bears, who could be tough, depending on what kind of a team we see out there. They will also see the same division in the AFC West. The biggest difference maker to me, and this could be two wins that help the 49ers in the end, is the NFC East team that the Niners will see. They are going to host the New York Giants rather than play the defending Super Bowl champions who could have Carson Wentz back by that time because we don't know the date. could be late in the year. And then you look at it and you go, who are they playing from the NFC South? Not the New Orleans Saints, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, they go to they go to Tampa Bay, but you're telling me Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy G can't beat Tampa Bay? Can't walk into Tampa and beat Tampa? I know any given Sunday, but you're telling me that you would pick Tampa to beat Jimmy G? And those on are the, paper, I would. Those are the two games that I think could be difference mm-hmm. makers in the end because they're different levels of opponents compared to the Eagles and the Saints. Before I wrap up, I'll let you retort to that or rebut to that if you want to. The only thing, I'll, no, the only thing I'll say is just uh, you know because because somebody put it in the comments uh, mm-hmm. last week in one of the videos is. You know, I was high on the Buccaneers last year. Buccaneers on paper are a damn good team. I think I had them as a playoff team last year. Yeah, Buccaneers on paper are a damn mm-hmm. good team. Uh, they just didn't get it done. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hate to put it like that, but they just they just couldn't get it done actually on the field. Well, and I also find it funny that, I mean, Cotter, they get rid of Lovie Smith because we got to get Cotter because he's going to work with Jameis Winston. And 
How has how's that been playing out for you guys? Yeah, he's not getting too much yeah, out of Jameis. He hasn't been playing I think too you, well. I think you got to get something else going on for Jameis. Maybe a little Otherwise, bit. Otherwise, they're going to be drafting another quarterback. Soon. And and this season could be that season where we discuss that. But let us know what you guys think down below. What do you think of this trade? What does it mean for the Chiefs? What does it mean for the Rams? And then what does it mean for the two respective West divisions as a whole? Let us know what you guys think down below in that comment section. But, Mark, let's move on into our next topic, and what we're looking at is Blakey Bortles. How many times are we going to talk about this guy? Unfortunately, I think it's a little too many. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of time. Like, this was, we, I remember we had topics of, is this his year? Should they get rid of him? Is, is it the he make finally break? the guy? Yeah. Is it the make or break? Well, now we're talking about extension, as the Jacksonville Jaguars have given Blake Bortles, a three-year extension. Gifted. We're going to use the word gifted. <laughs> gifted him an extension. Yeah. The deal is for $54 million. Could be up to as much as $66.5 million with incentives. That's from ESPN's Adam Schefter. The deal also includes $26.5 million in guaranteed money. He was due $19, $19 million in 2018 after the team picked up his fifth year option in May. So, Mark, I'm going to ask you plain yep. and simple with this one. Jacksonville, they extend Blake Bortles. Did they make the right choice? Did they make the right choice extending Blakey? I, if, if we could guarantee that mm-hmm. the Jacksonville Jaguars were going to get Kirk Cousins, I would say, no, you made a terrible choice. Well, let me ask you this then. I'll mm-hmm. jump in and ask you this because I saw this question on ESPN. Yeah. Better investment to you. Blake Bortles, Kirk Cousins. Well, Kirk Cousins is a better investment. Different prices, too. Bortles yeah. is cheaper, but you better can, investment. You can win a Super Bowl tomorrow with Kirk Cousins. True. You can... Pretty much dumb question. You're you, right, Mark. Yeah, you can maybe <laughs> drag Blake Bortles to another mm-hmm. opportunity. He was almost there. See, and that's what I hate. Mm-hmm. I hate how people are going, but Ricky, he was one play... I was there, guys. I said it, too. They were one play away. Yeah. He was one play away from the Super Bowl. Yeah, but the NFL never comes down to just one game. Yep. Just coming down to one game, like, let's put it this way. Tom Brady makes it to the AFC Championship game a hell of a lot of times. How many other quarterbacks make it there that many? Mm -hmm. Goose egg. Goose egg. Only the GOAT can make it there that many times. And I I think that you're just going to get more out of it. Now, here's the thing. we got to look at the whole picture before Mm -hmm. the Jaguar fans yell at us. Uh, (laughs) I do think that right now... Without the guarantee that they get Kirk Cousins, because mm-hmm. there is no guarantee of that. Uh, and I think actually long terms for the Jaguars, signing Kirk Cousins long term actually would probably be a bad idea. Uh, for what I'm about to say mm-hmm. is there are a lot of people on this Jaguars team that have contracts coming up in the next few years. And a lot of those guys are really top quality guys who are the reason your team is good right now. Marquis Lee and Allen Robinson this year. So you have some big money to spend. You kind of got cheap with Blake Bortles, a quarterback of the, well, I know this evil. You know, if you want to, if you really hate Blake Bortles, if you don't hate Blake Bortles, it's just the known commodity Mm -hmm. in that case. Uh, I know what I have right now. I know the flaws. I know the good parts. We can draft somebody and or, you know, if you get somebody through free agency, maybe like an A.J. McCarron, if you believe in him and you want him to at least kind of sit and then compete and maybe get a job. I don't advise that route, Mm -hmm. but you can probably draft somebody at what are they, 30, 
in, in the draft. Yeah, they're in that range. So you can probably draft somebody, uh, and you can keep Blake Bortles. Essentially, all that, all the majority of that guaranteed money is this year, and mm-hmm. then it's a front loaded contract. So then next year you can effectively cut him. Honestly, I feel like this is almost the Chicago Bears here signing Mike Lennon Lennon and then drafting Trubisky. The difference is that the Jaguars have a very, very slim chance at getting to the top of the draft. Do they draft a quarterback, though? Like, that's because both of us, before this, like, the deal wasn't made when we did our last mock draft, but Mm -hmm. I had them go wide receiver because obviously they picked up the option he was going to be here this year or not. Yeah. I had him go wide receiver. You had him go offensive tackle. Yep. Is there a chance they go quarterback? They go oh, totally. a Lamar Jackson, a Mason Definitely. Rudolph if he's there, a Luke Falk. I actually think uh, Lamar Jackson could be a good fit in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. I think or, I'm he, sorry, Saxonville, Mark. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, Saxonville. I'm sorry. I'm sorry <laughs> to all, all the Jacksonville, Saxonville fans out there. Uh, I think he could be a good fit. He is. He has enough mobility, but he mm-hmm. won't be forced to use it. And my, the thing that scares me about a guy like Lamar Jackson is he doesn't weigh enough to take those hits. Mm-hmm. He will get hurt at some point. Uh, and I think that he's not going to be forced to do that. Mm-hmm. This is a perfect kind of situation for him to be in. That's not the topic of the conversation here. But for Blake Bortles to use him for this year, mm-hmm. that's fine. Because they're setting themselves up. They're not saying that we need to win a Super Bowl today or tomorrow because we just paid a shit ton of money to mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins. They're saying we went a little cheap on the quarterback, but it's good enough. Not amazing, but it's good enough. We can put something behind him, get something in the works, and we can re-sign the rest of the team because we understand that we didn't get here because of Leonard Fournette or Blake Bortles or Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. One thing did not get us here. The entire team is what got us to one play away from a Super Bowl. If Jacksonville goes quarterback, I feel like if they go quarterback at 29, that's what they're at because the Vikings are 30 Mm -hmm. because we had a better record overall. If they go quarterback in the draft, obviously it's going to be someone to me who kind of like a Trubisky-like thing where, you know what, if it takes them the three years to be a starter— who cares? We got Mike Glennon. However, if he's good year one, we're going to put him in because, like you said, all the incentives and stuff, guaranteed money, that's in the first year. We can cut him after that first year of him being in his extension. I feel like because of that, because of, hey, you know, we got the time, I feel like, and this depends on who gets drafted where, but I think they would go with, like, a Mason Rudolph or a Luke Falk because those are guys that, I mean— even though I think they're crazy with the Lamar Jackson questions of like, oh, he's going to be a wide receiver in the NFL. Get out of here. Mm -hmm. He's a quarterback. But I just, I feel like Rudolph and Falk will be different options there because maybe it's because I'm looking at Blake Bortles and I'm thinking of what he doesn't bring to this team where his completion percentage is below where I want it to be. Luke Falk's an amazingly accurate passer, or I'm going to go with Mason Rudolph, who played in a spread in college. He's going to push the ball down the field. And if I bring back, now Allen Robinson will be interesting because he was injured this past year. How is that going to play into contract negotiations? But are they going to bring back Lee? Are they going to bring back Allen? That's the true question to me. The draft, go quarterback or go weapon around Blake Bortles. That's the only two you go to. Free agency, though, 
what are you going to do with Lee? What are you going to do with Allen? And if you lose one or two of them, are you going to go after a Sammy Watkins if he doesn't return to the Rams? Are you going to go with a John Brown from Arizona? Try to go after a Paul Richardson, a Inman, a Danny Amendola, a Moncrief, a Jordan Matthews. I can go down the list. Yeah. Even a guy like Mike Williams. Are you going to go after those guys? And who are you going to bring in to put pieces around Blake Bortles? Because Blake Bortles alone will not win you a Super Bowl. I am adamant that if Blake Bortles wins a Super Bowl, he will do it the same way Trent Dilfer did. Just don't fuck up. Yeah. For sure. I I completely agree with that on the Blake Bortles front. For me, for the Jaguars, I'm doing everything possible Mm -hmm. to re-sign anybody of worth who might have a contract going up? So you're basically saying Lee Richardson. You're I need you back. Yeah, you got. You better be back. We're getting you back. Mm-hmm. No, Robin Robertson. I did yeah. Richardson. And uh, any anybody who the year after that, mm-hmm. the year after that, I'm trying to get as many of these people back as humanly possible mm-hmm. because I know that this is a team that needs to be a complete team uh, in order to keep moving forward here and. That's the reason why, honestly, I'm kind of okay. If I have to have Blake Bortles as my quarterback, I'm okay with that Mm -hmm. because the rest of the team is so good, we can have a Trent Dilfer situation. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, many people put Joe Flacco in that same situation. Yeah. You can be a team that is led by the defense, a great running game, and just a smart passing attack. Because, yes, we do get down on Blake Bortles for his accuracy because he's not very accurate. But... This was his best year for accuracy. Mm-hmm. This was his highest completion percentage. Trivia question. Mm-hmm. Do you know who led, without looking, do you know who led the Jaguars in receiver receiving yards this year? Led them in receiving this year. Well, I I would want to say Leonard Fournette, but nope. it's not him because Blake Bortles isn't throwing it to the running back. He's about, what, sixth on the list was Fournette. There's five guys ahead of him. I do not know. Ke- Keelan Cole. Keelan Cole led the team with 748. Marquise Lee was right behind him with 702. However, Lee had more targets and receptions mm-hmm. than Cole did this season. And that to me is, of course, Robinson not being out there, but also what is this team going to be? Whereas I hate when people like the thing I've been seeing is, you know what? I love the deal. We got to the AFC championship game with Blake Bortles. We can do it again. And I just look at those people and I go, do you not – like, are you that narrow-minded and tunneled vision that you don't see what's going on around you? It's kind of like that business where it's like we're going to focus on us, 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 us. Oh, wait, the world around us is changing. It's going more digital and now we're obsolete. Yeah. Look at the division around them. Marcus Mariota, who I kind of mentioned in the last segment. Gets a new offensive coordinator, one that comes from a system. Marks Mariota could be really good next year because he's got the right guy. Yeah, there's a question mark, but that could be a possibility. The Colts, from what we understand, I'll believe it when I see it, Andrew Luck returns this year. They're instantly at the top with Andrew Luck. And, oh, Houston, they get Deshaun Watson back this year. They're back towards. Like, Houston yep. would have won this division. If Deshaun Watson wouldn't have went down. I believe that. I believe that they would have won this division if Watson didn't go down. 
the rest of this division is getting better to where you can't just say, oh, we did it last year with Blake. We can do it this year with Blake. Mm-hmm. The problem is that the Jaguars ran into is just mm-hmm. simply that they can't overpay. No, they they're can't. not in a situation because if they overpay for some people, mm-hmm. they're going to turn into what the Seattle Seahawks are right now. Meaning, if they like, are you losing saying, all their pieces? Are you saying overpay for resigning or overpaying? Like, we're going to go get Kirk Cousins. Yeah, that okay. go get Kirk Cousins because I would love Jacksonville. That's they my top. They were a top three for me. That was when my we dream scenario: it. Jacksonville Jaguars with with Kirk Cousins, but financially it just doesn't work mm-hmm. because they'll get one good year maybe maybe two and then they turn into this team that had to pay everybody but if you win a super bowl does it matter does it all pay off if you get that one super bowl i don't know let's ask the seattle seahawks fans if they if they feel good about it or not hey man seattle used to stink before that they this did. whole super bowl and then era. they were absolutely incredible mm-hmm. and then they had to pay everybody they almost had two super bowls so they would have ran the ball well, if they know. would have ran the ball, they would have had two Super Bowls. You know how that works. But no, you got to pass it. Now Malcolm Butler becomes a household name. But that's what I think. I think this year, I feel like J- the Jaguars, some not all fans, but some, are going to be in for a rude awakening where it's like, oh, crap, this league, this division is far different than it was last year. Mm-hmm. And maybe we can't do like... I wouldn't be surprised if five weeks into the season, six weeks into the season, Jaguar fans are calling for Blake Bortles' head. Well, they did it every other week, mm-hmm. you know, this this past season. I mean, people talk about we got to the AFC Championship game. Yeah, but just the game before that, mm-hmm. everybody hated Blake Bortles. Yeah. And we were saying, uh, all right, who can you sign? You're talking about in play? that shootout with the Steelers? Is that what you're talking about? The oh, one I guess they won not- before that? No, maybe it wasn't the was it that Steelers game or the Bills. That's mm-hmm. what I'm thinking of. The Bills game is where everybody was trashing Blake. If Tyrod doesn't get injured in that game, Bills have a better chance of getting a miraculous Hail Mary than with Nathan Peterman. Yeah, for sure. You know, the, I mean, that's seriously, after that first game, everybody is sitting there saying, mm-hmm. who can we possibly sign? Can yeah. you call Brett Favre? Do we trade for here? Nick Foles? You know, well, we can't <laughs> trade too late for that. Uh, but, I mean, honestly, people wanted to get rid of him as soon mm-hmm. as the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, how quickly we forget. Can we put Chad Henney in? Would he be a good quarter? Would he be an upgrade from Blake Bortles? He's always there. He's always available. Questions that we ask. Here's what I want to ask you, though. Mm-hmm. Blake Bortles in place. Free agency about to open up very soon for the NFL free agency. How do you think Jacksonville tackles free agency if you had to give predictions? Do they bring back Lee and Robinson? Do we see a different free agent come in, maybe like a Sammy Watkins mm-hmm. type of deal if yeah, one I mean, goes? As I said before, I expect them to try and re-sign everyone uh, who's worthwhile in this case. I mean, your your receivers here, you need them back. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you can get—I mean, this is a team where you can get by without 1,000-yard receivers. That's fine. You can do it. But it's just going to make you better if you have them. Um I do still think that, you know, right now I'm going to sit there and I'm still going to currently, without free agency happening, without the draft happening, I'm still going to sit here and say Jacksonville is my division favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I know Deshaun Watson will be back and I assume that Andrew Luck will be back, uh, but I'm still going to put Jacksonville because of the defense, I'm still going to put him up there. And the big date to kind of go with is March 6th will be the franchise tag date. That's prior to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's the deadline for clubs to designate the franchise tag, which another wide receiver that they could have been an option if Miami didn't tag him was Jarvis Landry. 
could have been going to Jacksonville. But two weeks from today, as we're recording this on Monday, February 26th, the 12th is when clubs are permitted to contact and enter contract negotiations with the certified agents and players who have become unrestricted free agents upon the expiration of their contract at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the 14th. So that 12th to 14th range, and the contract can't be executed. Yeah, so they can enter negotiations on the 12th, can't be executed until the 14th at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Any final thoughts, anything you think we didn't hit with Blake Bortles and the Jags? No, I mean, it, it'll be, uh, it's just going to be interesting to see, not this season, but the following season, mm-hmm. what happens with Blake. Well, this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think down below about the Blake Bortles ex- extension. I almost said expansion. The extension. What do you think the Jaguars are going to do this year? And more importantly, what are they going to do in the offseason and the draft, free agency and draft? Who do they bring in? Who do they target in the draft? Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. But, Mark, let's move on into our final topic. And who are we taking a look at? The Bears. I know it's Bulls, but I like doing that for the uh, super fans out there. We're talking about the Bears and who they should take at the eighth overall pick. So, Mark, mm-hmm. we've done our mock drafts. I believe yep. we've done three of them, if my math is correctly. On the last mock draft, you and I had Denzel Ward, you had to the Bears. Right. I had Calvin Ridley to the Bears. I'll ask you this. Mm-hmm. Who should the Bears take at number eight? Is it still Denzel Ward, or have you changed your mind? Well, it, it's really, I mean, it's hard to say because it, it depends on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, as of right now, what happened right now was that the Bears released Pernell McPhee and Quentin Demps. Mm-hmm. So this is important because this is a pass rush, and uh, you know, this was the the big one for for uh, um, for Ryan Pace. Mm-hmm. This was his first big signing, and yeah. then the safety Quentin Demps, who you know was was okay. he was okay. You know, no one expected that much out of him, mm-hmm. but. So I look at those two and I'm like, well, Tremaine Edmonds sure does look a lot more interesting now for the Mm -hmm. Chicago Bears. Somebody who in my last draft was still available when the Bears were up at number eight. I had to go with Denzel Ward partially because Minka Fitzpatrick just left Mm -hmm. when the Bucs drafted him uh, at number seven. Obviously, Minka Fitzpatrick, I think, is still my number one. Well, dream scenario, you get Bradley Chubb, but that's not going to happen. Yeah, he, so ain't, Minka, he ain't falling to eight. Yeah, but it needs to be said that dream scenario, because someone's going to say, what about Chubb? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick is my number is, one guy I would want. Is Chubb more of a is Chubb more of a dream scenario than Minka Fitzpatrick? For me, yeah. Why so? Chubb's a fucking monster. I, I, I get that he's a monster, uh-huh. but like... For me, if I'm the Bears, wouldn't you want a wouldn't you want a stud cornerback over the pass rush with what well, your team already has? I mean, the pass rush is great, but I'll take more when mm-hmm. I'm going to go against potentially Kirk Cousins. When I got to go against Matthew Stafford and uh, um, Aaron Rodgers, like you're already saying Kirk Cousins and the deal. Where else is he going to go? Where else could is he going to go? Could go to Denver, Mark. He totally could, but they got to cut some people first. They also have to re-sign their wide receivers. As Brandon keeps reminding me that they could lose both Sanders and Thomas this offseason. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, mm-hmm. get younger, so why not? Um, but, I mean, the reason why I go for that is honestly because mm-hmm. I look at free agency and I say, there are some good corners out there. I got some people I, I can be happy with. And... 
I hate to say it because I don't believe in Kyle Fuller, uh, but he did look good last season. Now, I personally think that he's going to fall back to being crappy, but mm-hmm. he did look good last season. Uh, so that's why I would rather take Chubb. Plus, I think Chubb is uh, quite potentially going to be the best player in the draft. Um, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick, I would love, though, as well. Anyways, now, here's a question mm-hmm. I got for you. Yeah. And I'm trying to look last year in – because when these guys get to the NFL, teams do whatever they want with them. So mm-hmm. right now, he's one of your – Inside linebackers, mm-hmm. but also I'm not sure if um, the defense... Well, the defense will stay the same because Fangio came back for you guys. Yeah. Here's a question I'm going to throw out to you as the Bear fan. You can help me answer this. Mm. You've got a guy in Nick Kowatsky. I hope I said that right. I probably oh, didn't. Uh, oh, no, that's not it, but Kwiatkowski. Kwiatkowski from uh, West Virginia. So, I might still even be wrong, but I had to think so about it. So here's what it is. You've got him... And you've got Danny Trevathan as your inside linebackers right now. Yeah. Could you see a situation where, let's say, Edmonds is off the board. Let's say Mink is off the board. Like, I'm looking at my mock draft, how mm-hmm. it plays out. With the defensive things that you just did today and the releases you had, could you see the Bears maybe going, hey, you know what? Denzel Ward is there, but. We just re-signed Kyle Fuller. They didn't, but in the situation, let's just go along with it mm-hmm. for the sake of argument because he's still technically on the team. Yeah, and it's assumed that they probably will. What if they pass on Denzel Ward to say, you know what, we're going to move Nick to the outside and we're going to go with a guy from Georgia in Roquan Smith and have Trevathan and Smith be our inside linebackers? I think that there's a good chance that that's the scenario, uh, which is possible. Because I, really, I really like Roquan Smith. And if you mm. couldn't, because the thing I was looking with, I'm just going to call him Nick, is, yeah, he's an inside linebacker right now. Call quick Nick. Quick Nick. Um, there, there was two, there were so many, like, draft you always had, like yeah. I said, for Tremaine Edmonds. Some people have him inside, some have him, have him outside. Same thing with quick Nick is some have him outside, some have him inside. Mm-hmm. If you could move him back to the outside, I would say, hell, go with a Roquan Smith, a guy you can know, feel, get to mm-hmm. the ball, get to the quarterback, He's and one be of those leader. guys who always impresses and one of those guys who always mm-hmm. steps up, but he still is not starting material mm-hmm. um, yet. He could, I think he'll develop into— Kwiatkowski I'm talking about. Oh, okay. I thought you were yeah. talking about Roquan. No, no, no. I, no which he's, I was, he's which, starting material. Which I was like, maybe as a rookie, like, eh, but no, like, he's, he's going to be a starter in the NFL. Uh, you know, I, yeah. So, so that's the thing. Moving him out to the outside, I, I just sit there and I think, well, there's still a need there mm-hmm. for sure. Now, and, and I want to put it out there because some people are going to say it too. Denzel Ward at eight. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a reach, but some people wanted to are saying that it is a reach. I could see how it is. I could see how. It I, is yeah, a- I mean, I could see how he could certainly fall further into the the lower teens. Um, but I mean, it's certainly a need for the Bears there. Mm-hmm. I think Minka Fitzpatrick, if you can't get him, Tremaine Edmonds, that's the way to go. What to, if both of them are off the board, though? Both of them are off the board. Denzel, so basically it comes to, to Denzel Ward and Roquan Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, if they if we're if we're living in the world where Kyle Fuller gets re-signed, mm-hmm. I would probably go Roquan Smith. Okay. To knowing in my head that we're probably also gonna lose one of these uh Inside linebackers, mm-hmm. 
pretty soon, uh, or at least just need an upgrade. The Chicago Bears are going to certainly need an- another upgrade for uh, the inside linebacker position, but it's not one of the highest needs. Here's another thing I think of, and this goes back to mm. the original pick I made for the Bears when we did our 3.0, mm-hmm. is I know people have said, and there are people out there that are like, I have questions about Calvin Ridley, how he's going to be like, yeah. is he the true number one um, for this class? Can you get a better wide receiver later in the draft? I have a feeling, depending, and this is how free agency goes too, because like if the Bears are able to steal Sammy Watkins, steal an Al- Allen Robinson, type of character away from these other teams, maybe even a Marquise Lee, even though I would take Allen Robinson before I would take Marquise Lee, even with the injury questions, even if they get maybe a Jordan Matthews, if he doesn't go back to the Buffalo Bills, if they don't get anyone in free agency from the wide receiver core, Mm -hmm. part of me looks at like, because we've been talking defense, defense, defense because of what they just did today. But I look at, Kendall Wright's a free agent. Kevin White's been injured. Mark Marcus Wheaton is there. You've got Bellamy, who's also a free agent. You'll probably bring him back. Dontrell Inman, I don't know if another team will scoop him up or if you guys will bring him back. Even if you guys do, part of me feels like, yeah, all these defensive players are nice, but if both Edmonds and Fitzpatrick, because that's the clear one-two in no particular order of how I said it, if both of them are off the board, yeah, we're like, oh, what about Ward or Smith? I think there's a huge kind of pressure then to say, you know, we need to get someone for Mitch to throw to if we want to <laughs> score points. Yeah, for which sure. Which could be why Calvin Ridley just becomes the pick for the Bears at eight. I mean, the Bears, you know, the Bears are not as far away as their record last year mm-hmm. might make them seem. But at the same they time, the Bears the got a lot close. to do. Yeah. That was Mitch's first game. It well, was the last interception that sold it for the Vikings. Oh, for sure. And the, and the thing for the Chicago Bears, too, is that you look at this team and, you know, yeah, they were not a good passing team throughout, mm-hmm. but there's... We can talk about John Fox if we really want to. Uh, you <laughs> He's know, not there no more. They didn't score very many points. Like I said, we can talk mm-hmm. about John Fox all we want. But this defense was really good. This is one of the better defenses in the NFL. It was a top mm-hmm. 10 defense last year. For a while, the Chicago Bears were a top 5 defense. Uh, but there are still a lot of holes. There's still some help that can be done on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. You need what... I'm, not, I'm just going to say throwing options, you know, receiving options because of something I'll say in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Running back, you're set. Quarterback, you're assuming that you're set. Uh, defense, there's a lot that are good, but defensive backs, pass rush, you know, you need to adjust some pieces. Things are going to happen in free agency. Mm-hmm. But the thing that Bears fans are going to remember, again, is that Ryan Pace is not a big splash kind of guy. He's a, I'm going to let the first day pass. And then I'm going to go after those guys that are cheaper. Would you say last year, though, was a big splash? Them trading up the pick to I'm talking grab about, Trubisky? I'm talking about free agency. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought uh, you were talking about the draft for some reason. No, no. In the free agency, mm-hmm. Ryan Pace is very much a, I'm going to sit back and wait. 
Then all of you, so all of you have kind of played your cards right off the bat, and I'm going to come in and do something. So after. you're saying like a Sammy Watkins it would, even if he's out there, mm-hmm. probably won't be a bear because the Bears will probably sit back that first. Day. Exactly, the Bears are not going to go after that that top Allen name Robinson, kind of guy that even Marquise Lee. I would say not going to. I because, would think Marquise Lee might be a kind of guy they would go after because he is more of that second tier. But are the Jaguars going to jump all over at day one to get their guy? I would back? think so. They yeah. probably would. But and it's not necessarily a day one kind of thing. I'm. Mm-hmm. More of just using the 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 top tier guys. The Bears probably aren't going after many of the top mm-hmm. tier guys. They're probably going to wait to spread the wealth around. And maybe part of that's just been that the Chicago Bears have been so talent depleted mm-hmm. from the past couple of uh, regimes mm-hmm. that Ryan Pace hasn't been able to do what he really wants to do, which is throw a shit ton of money at the at the best guy. The thing I want to say really quickly though to get to the wide receivers, mm-hmm. I don't expect the Bears to go wide receiver. Yet, you know, last year they did something I didn't expect. I expect that this year, I don't expect them to go after uh, a big-name wide receiver. Mm -hmm. I could expect Kevin. uh, Kevin. uh, Calvin Ridley. uh, No, no, no. Josh Bellamy, uh, Kendall Wright. I could expect these guys to come back for sure. Uh, What I really think could happen, this is the only big splash I can see. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Graham. That's the only big splash I can see the Bears I've trying to I've seen articles where it's like, what if they bring him in? And the reason why I say that is because they like to keep, they like the bootlegs, they like play action. Now that works in. really well for a big wide receiver. But also, uh, I'm mean, sorry, receiving tight end. But also think about this: you bring in Nagy. Who did Nagy have to work with in KC? Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. And they've already got Shaheen, so they mm-hmm. got the guy who's supposed to be Baby Gronk. Mm-hmm. You get another tight baby end Gronk. out there. And all of a sudden, you got two really top quality tight ends, assuming that Shaheen can mm-hmm. play up to a level, and you can get away with lesser wide receivers. Here's the thing I think about, and I know that Ryan Pace ain't thinking about this, but interesting comparison here. The last time the Bears took a wide receiver with Ryan Pace in the top 10, you know it. Yeah, Kevin it's White. Kevin White. Almost the same pick. Kevin White went seven. This one would be eight. We're going to play a little game, Mark. Okay. I'm going to ask you a que- I'm going to ask you a few questions. You tell me if you know the answer. All right. Kevin White was taken 7. If you're asking about who was picked, I don't know. I don't know these The things. next player picked after him. This is the first defensive mm. player after him. A pass rusher, Vic Beasley. All right. The like first it. cornerback that was taken after him. Number 11 to my Minnesota Vikings. Do you know who that is? Well, that's no, it's not Xavier. Rhodes. Oh, I was just going to say Xavier Rhodes. It's not Rhodes. It's um, the other one, Trey Waynes. Trey Waynes. Michigan that's, State. There you go. You want to know a. You no- shouldn't ask me questions that involve names. A I don't know another these guys. cornerback, and this one was the third cornerback taken mm. after Kevin White was drafted. Number 18th overall, the Chiefs. We just talked about him today. Oh, Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters. Oh, how, so how I would love to have that. I, I look at that and I find it mm-hmm. funny to where. Of course, Ryan Pace ain't going to think about that. But, yeah. like, I look at that and I go, do you really want to be – have that maybe – that circumstance, maybe that happenstance is mm-hmm. what I'm looking for, that coincidence that's like, hey, man, last time you took a uh, wide receiver in the top 7-8, those defensive players that you passed on were pretty good. Like, yeah, Trey sure. Wayne's pretty good. But Vic Kevin, Beasley, to be fair, good. Kevin White was supposed to be good. He just can't stay healthy. Even the cornerback in between Waynes and Peters, Kevin Johnson, who went to the Houston Texans. He was mm-hmm. from Wake Forest. But, I mean, I look at it like even Danny Shelton was passed on. He was in between those picks. But that's the thing I look at is 
Do you want to take a splash on Calvin Ridley at eight? Because to me, I'm going to say splash on Calvin Ridley at eight and have the question of, oh, man, you know what? He didn't pan out like we wanted him to. We should have just taken a defensive player. We should Because mm-hmm. could you imagine? I know looking back is 2020. Hindsight's always 2020. But could you imagine the Bears with a Vic Beasley, with sure. a Trey Wayne, they with a Marcus Trubisky Peters? Today. They wouldn't have Trubisky today. That might happen. They mm-hmm. they could have been further down in the draft because they yeah. might have won a few more games. But that's the thing I look at, especially with the Calvin Ridley thing, because of where they are in the draft. And the do do I personally think that Calvin Ridley is going to be a bust? No. I think he's going to be a number one, number two for whatever team he gets drafted to. And I think that the Bears should consider him. At number eight, because yeah. you need somebody. Consider it. You need a number one wide receiver mm-hmm. or a number one pass catcher if you're going to get Jimmy Graham for Trubisky to throw to. Yeah. You need that. Like, how many times, even during the um, Panthers game, we were looking at it, like, and I would text the the fantasy football group where it's like, man, remember when Greg Olson? Remember when Greg Olson was a, wonderful uh, days. Was a bear? And you're like, man, I remember them like it was yesterday. And I mean, you know, the Bears. The, the Bears just have had such an injury issue mm-hmm. because they've had guys like like Zach Miller. Well, it's that grass when he late looks in the season, great, man. Yeah, and he gets got to get that artificial. Tough. I don't know because some of these injuries <laughs> happen right off the bat. True. Uh, you know when they had Kevin White and all his injuries, like mm-hmm. the shots that the Bears take at somebody who can catch a ball. I'm going to call it the Johnny Knox curse here. The Johnny Knox uh, curse. You know, it's just uh, thinking about bringing Dane Sansenbacher back. I forgot oh, about that. I would love Dane Sansenbacher. Sansenbacher for no reason other than I was so excited when the Bears <laughs> got him initially, and I was like, "Hey!" So was Dave Oster, Ohio State. You know, with uh, mm-hmm. Terrell Pryor, those were some good di- good old days. Now I'm looking here, and Mel Kiper, last mock draft to come out that wasn't us, Tremaine Edmonds. You'd be happy, but I would. Any final thoughts on the Bears? I think we've kind of touched everything. When it's come to the draft, any wild cards that you think could be thrown in there at number eight? Yeah, actually, definitely. I think the the wild card would Mm -hmm. essentially be the... The offensive line picks. Nelson or like an Orlando Brown type yeah, player. Yeah, I mean, it, depending on who is there, for them to go and get an offensive line to say, hey, we've got a really good mm-hmm. run game uh, and we got a young quarterback, let's support that further. Mm-hmm. Because... As much as people like to say that the Bears' offensive line has been good, and it has been. Could be a little better. It can get better. It can be improved. I mean, and also, uh, Sitton is not going to be back. Well, so. Sitton's not going to be back. I mean, and the thing that you look at, it was before, like, oh, they need to add Also, depth. center is a big question mark for the Bears right now. Yeah. that Because uh, Whitehair was amazing. Mm-hmm. They drafted Grisou, and it didn't matter. Don't they want to move Whitehair, though, over, like, over to one of the guard or tackle spots. We'll though. see. You're gonna have to wait and see what the new mm-hmm. offensive line coach wants. Because I do. mean, with offensive line, it was oh, we need to add depth b- b- beside like Sitton and yeah. Long. But now, like you said, Sitton's not gonna be there. Plus, it's like Bobby Massey. Oh yeah, you gotta look to replace him at For right sure. tackle at some time. Like, yeah, that's gotta get going sooner rather than later. But any final thoughts before I kick it to them? Um, no. Essentially, I mean, the Bears got a lot of needs. We're gonna have to. Wait and see. Any pick's a good pick, basically, unless it's quarterback. Yeah, I mean, they're the kind of situation <laughs> where, honestly, anything besides like quarterback and running back, mm-hmm. you can make a case for why it should But happen. if Saquon's there, you got to take him. Can you imagine? If Saquon was Cohen, there. Howard, Saquon Barkley. 
You don't even Trubisky can just take the season off. I think I think you said it out of order. It's Saquon. Cohen mm-hmm. Howard. <laughs> Cohen's my boy. That man can throw Sa- it. Saquon, he can run it. Saquon he can Barkley. catch it. Saquon Barkley taking that starting job from Jordan Howard. You know what Nick Foles and uh, and Cohen have in common? They both have caught a pass. And they both have caught and thrown touchdown passes. In the same game? Well, no, not in the same game. The okay. Bears weren't in the Super Bowl. No, no, no. I mean like the same game oh, yeah, that they did yeah. both. Like he threw it and then caught it. In the same mm. game like Nick Foles did. That's right. He threw one and caught one in the same game. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know. What, yeah, I know that Cohen wasn't in the Super Bowl, Mark. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with you nowadays. Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. Who should the Bears take at eight? Who would you love to see them take at number eight? Also, if you're listening to this, either full thing on YouTube, you listen on podcast services around the world. Thank you guys for giving us time, or your time today. Housekeeping here at the end. Check out Patreon.com. That's where you support us. Make sure we can do cool and better things for you guys each and every week. Make sure to check out our store in the description. That's where you can get your MVP t-shirt. Mostavailablepodcast.com. That's where you're going to catch everything for MVP each and every day. Last but not least, if you're on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give the onside kick a five-star rating. It would mean the world to us. want to thank you guys for watching on YouTube. want to thank you guys for listening to us on podcast services around the world. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.